Jesus. Today on Lockdown Red Wings, Happy New Year. We're celebrating with a Red Wings win over the Ottawa Senators, and they did so wearing the reverse retros. Uh, Helberg got the win, and Lucas Raymond got two points. Good game. You're Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. I am a podcast producer for the Daily J, WWJ News Radio podcast. Well, Scotty is a freelance journalist for the Detroit News, as well as the host of Locked On Tigers. And guys, it's the day. We're finally going to announce the winner of our Dominic Kubalik stick giveaway at the end of the episode. So stay tuned. Bang. Cliffhanger. Bang. <laughs> That's what we call a teaser in the biz. We're getting good. We're, we're doing good. We'll just ignore the fact that it took us six, me, six tries to do the cold open today. Literally, this is attempt six of recording today's episode right now. Good. You are good. listening to attempt number six. Well, you make it sound worse than it is. Like we nope, get five I'm seconds not. in. We get five seconds in and I hit end record because I didn't I, I didn't get the cold open right. I don't mind. And I just said this to you, but people didn't hear it because I hit the end record button. Mm. I don't mind slurring and stuttering throughout an episode because I'm human, but I want to get that cold open right. You know, like I don't want to do that during the cold open and I do it so much. And I don't write out my cold opens. A lot of times they're off the top of the head based on what we're going to talk about. Um, like today, how we're going to talk about the 4-2 to two win over the Ottawa Senators. Heck of a game. Heck of a game. Um, I mean, I, I don't know where you want to start with this game because it basically Let's was... Let's start in net. We want to start in net? Okay. Yeah, well, I want to start with Halberd. Go for it. I mean, so the second goal was obviously pretty soft and like should <laughs> shouldn't have even, it wasn't even on net. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that soft is an understatement. That should not have been a goal against. But outside of that, he was really solid and was the winning goalie in a game that we won. Eventually, would end up winning decently. I don't want to say comfortably because it's still the NHL and crazy stuff happens. But, um. You know, pretty pretty solid victory, all things considered. And he was in net for it. And really, you know, if you take away, I, I guess you can't really play that game of you know, if we take away a really bad goal, like he did, let it in. But um, I don't know. I, I thought outside of that one game, one game, one shot, he was he was pretty solid. You got to give Scotty a, a little bit of leeway because uh, we were both heavily drinking last night. So if we're a little slow. Oh, only ginger ales. Um, so if we're a little slow as we record this at 1130 in the morning on New Year's Day, because we want to, you know, Sunday, guys, you know what's happening. Come on. Uh, you got to get him in before Lions football, though. Get him in Here we Lions are. Football. But yeah, as far as Magnus Halberg goes, it to put it this way for you, because you're trying to make the argument, and I agree with you, that he played a pretty good game, despite the one goal uh, he allowed that was not even on that hell of a play by Claude Giroux, by the way, to get through the defenders. Um, not great seeing your defense defenders turn into turnstiles, but that's Claude <laughs> Giroux for you. He's still very good. Uh, that shot he made was going wide and Helberg tried to still play it with his blocker and played it with his blocker right behind him into the net. And that had the feeling of like, Oh no, here we go. It's going to be one of those games. And I, I've been getting that feeling a lot more recently, and it's been scary. 
but the Red Wings were able to rebound. But as far as Magnus Halberg goes, you know, he rebounded after that goal as well. And he did finish the game with a positive goal saved above expected. So despite that goal, which I would imagine would have been like a solid negative one on the <laughs> expected goals against scale. Um, he, he rebounded the, nicely. the lowest of danger. Yeah. Yeah. The <laughs> lowest of danger. He, he finished the uh, game in a positive metric with the goal saved above expected, which shows that I, I think that the shots in this were fairly low. The totals were fairly low. I think it was like 25 to 24. Let me double check. I have it up here. 25 for the wings and 23 for the Ottawa senators, but he only allowed two. So his uh, save percentage in this game was still nine thirteen. So he finished pretty solid and, you know, it's not always we, we've seen Halberg good. We've seen Halberg bad. Uh, he he is what he is. He's not like an NHL level starter. He's at probably at best a fringe backup in the NHL. But I'm all for him getting starts as long as he keeps giving the Red Wings opportunities to win. And in the five four overtime victory over the Pittsburgh Penguins, he came in and made 19 saves on 19 shots and gave them a chance to come back. And they did win uh, in the game uh, the other night. He did not look good against the game in Buffalo. He did not look all that great, uh, but he looked good today. So it's it's going to be – that's what you're going to be getting out of a guy like Halberg, but that's okay because, you know, three-quarters of the rest of the time, it's going to be Billy Huso. Yeah, for sure. No, I mean, yeah, at the end of the day, you're you're picking hairs of uh, – splitting hairs, rather. No goalie's <laughs> ever going to be 100% good 100% of the time. Right, yeah, you're, you're splitting hairs on a backup goalie for sure. But, I mean, this is, you know – there's no way when this team starts getting healthy again, and well, as it continues to get healthier, I guess I should say, that we're going to be carrying three goalies in a month. Like it's no, not happening. So it, it can't. Happen. It, it doesn't matter for the sense of like, oh, who's you know, like obviously this is who sows net, and and that's just all there is to it. However, there is, I, I think, a legitimate back and forth going on between who's going to get who's going to be the backup goalie for the second half of the season potentially. And uh, so it, it certainly does matter for, for that. And, you know, we, we tend to, and we're victims of it too, but tend to, to swing way too far on the pendulum one way or the other. And, you know, he has a really good game and we'll be like, Oh, like he's definitely gonna like be the backup now. And then all, all it takes is one more, you know, four or five goal game and we'll be off that train again. So we'll see what happens. And, they have time until they really are going to be forced to make a decision on, you know, which of which two of the three goalies they're going to keep. But for now, it's I, I really do think it's it's kind of a battle. No, I, I do agree with you. And Huso didn't get the start because obviously Magnus Helberg got back to back starts, which I think, you know what? And that's something to talk about, too, because Huso's sick, which is why he didn't get the start. Right. He's feeling uh, ill. They decided on back to back starts, not back to back days, no net. They Period. went to Helberg twice yeah, and i think that's, that's a statement yeah that says a lot about what they think where they think that uh net and what what the net front battle is and that does it does lead the question where you're thinking you know if they do have to cut a goalie obviously ned's in the last year of his deal like that's a that's a question do you just cut your losses with ned i don't want to i don't want to i hate even posing that question because we've been such defenders of ned but you know, you got to do what's best for the team and whoever's playing better. It, it all comes down to, do you believe that the younger goalie in Ned has still has more left in the tank and is just going through a rough patch? So you cut the guy in Magnus Halberg, who historically, you know what he is based on his career trajectory, uh, his career history rather, or do you 
keep Magnus Helberg because he's playing more consistently for you and see your backup and just hope that Ned can g- make it through down to Grand Rapids. Right. Yeah, It's. I mean, like I said, I, that's not a, a decision that they're going to be forced to make anytime soon. You know, they, they still need to get uh, the likes of Verona and Bert and um, Fabry back before that's really like, a, hey, we kind of need to make a decision here. But, you know, that day, day looms closer and closer every well, day. Verna- and, uh, yeah, I, I, I really do. Well, I, I mean, I, I think it's a back and forth still. But, yeah, man, you're right. That that back-to-back by, by Halbert is, is certainly a statement. I mean, because Verona just played a second of his three con- conditioning games in Grand Rapids. Didn't get it a point in, in a 4-2 loss to the Admirals. Um, we'll try and get Andrew Rinaldi of uh, Field Pass Hockey on here shortly for you guys because there's a few off days coming up. It'd be perfect time to get his uh, perspective on how Verona performed. But Bertuzzi also skated at practice. It looked like he was wearing an, um, a, co- a regular jersey. He wasn't wearing a non-contact jersey, so he might be getting closer. Uh, it's the first time I think we were just talking about on Friday's episode, how we hadn't heard anything about Bertuzzi. And then over the weekend he was at practice. So, you know, you're getting two forwards back very shortly. And we've talked at length about how things might get shaken up. And with Helber getting back-to-back starts, man, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what the answer is. Cause I don't, I'm not in the locker room. I don't know what's going through Derek Lalone and Steve Eiserman's head on how to handle the goalie situation. But you know, once your roster starts getting full, you have to imagine you're going to go down to two. Like that just seems common sense. Like no team carries three. There's goalies, no but... way with all, when all three of those dudes are healthy and in the lineup again, that they're still carrying three. Yeah. I just don't. Cause then you're going to have to go like too deep into like the young core. Like you already are in a tough spot where you got to pick, pick one to send down. Nonetheless, if you, if you were to keep all three and have to send two or even three down. Yeah. There's no way. Yeah. But hey, uh, let's focus on the good things. Magnus Helberg got the W in the 4 2 win over the Ottawa Senators. We kind of got off into a little bit of a tangent about the goalie situation, but he got the win. He played good enough to get the win. And uh, let's hope that Villahusso is healthy again to play on Wednesday. We'll continue the conversation about the Red Wings win over the Senators on the other side of this break, uh, talking about the reverse retros getting the win, Rasmussen being really good. And hey, they broke up Moritz Sider and Ben Sherrod. Big deal in this game. But first, I got to talk to all you guys today about Athletic Greens. This next partner is a product you're going to want to use literally every day. Start taking AG1 because with one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food-sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. The special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all of those things. It's lifestyle-friendly whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, and no nasty chemicals, or artificial anything while still tasting good. It costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. It's cheaper than getting all of all the different supplements yourself. You're investing in an all-in-one nutritional insurance. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. 
Segment two, Locked on Red Wings podcast. Were you like trying to adjust the lighting? Is that what you're yes. doing? Okay. <laughs> I, I like to see you in peripheral putting your hand up, and I was like, I'm going to do the same thing. It's funny. So, funny guy. Thanks. I try. Where, what do you want to talk about here in segment two, man? Like, we still have a lot to get to. Obviously, like the, them winning the reverse retro is kind of like more anecdotal. Reverse like, retros, baby. Can, That's can we, a dub. Can we, can we stop saying that they're cursed? I feel like every time... I see somebody on Twitter complaining about the reverse retros. It's they're like, it's their fault. We're losing. It's like we won in the reverse retros. Like, and Mickey Redmond said he liked them. So all your guys' points are moot. You're not allowed to not like them if Mickey Redmond likes them. Correct. That That's is the rule. That That's is how it works. Ken Cal and Mickey Redmond like them. Yeah. Yeah. So and those are imagine, and imagine having a different opinion than Ken Cal and Mickey Redmond. Could not be us. Mickey Redmond. It's like the personification of old-time hockey. So if the personification of old-time hockey likes the black uniforms, you guys are obligated by law to also like them. And that's just how it works. I don't make the rules. I'm sorry, guys. Correct. I'm sorry. You're spot on. I think um, – can we just for a little bit just kind of riff no. about Bergren and how good he is? <laughs> We can, absolutely. I'm down for that. <laughs> He's so good, man. Like, I, I think the biggest, I don't want to say surprise, because, like, we've known that he was this style of, of player since, I mean, since he was drafted, I guess. But um, his skating is unreal, man. Oh, like yeah. he's he's like he's fast for sure, but, like, he's, like, agile. He's an agile skater. Like, he, he – He's so impressive, and he's so fun to watch. And uh, I, I just, I'm, I'm more and more impressed every single game by him. And I don't think that you can justify really sending him back down, to be honest, at this point. And he, he's just, he's such a good skater, and it really opens the door for uh, a ton of possibilities on the player he can become. I completely agree with you. I, I don't. I think he is 100% NHL ready. I don't think yeah. there's any part of his game that needs more time in the AHL. At this point, if there's any part of his game that still needs improvement, it's best served to make that improvement at this level. Because he, right. I mean, we saw it last year. He dominates the AHL. He he broke the rookie scoring record for the Grand Rapids Griffins last year. As a, you know, again, rookie at the Grand Rapids Griffins <laughs> level. So his second professional year, he's ready for the NHL. And and every single game, he's making an impact. He had an assist on this in this game as well. And he's playing like third, fourth line minutes most nights. And he's getting power play opportunities as well. Like he has proved it in almost every single game that he deserves to be on the NHL roster. And again, we'll have to go back to that conversation about who gets sent down, but we don't have to do that today. He His IQ, his vision and his IQ is what impresses me the most. Like he is a very well-rounded player. And a lot of it has to do with, he sees the ice super well and he yep. hooks his teammates up with great passes. I, I just can't. And he's in the right spot to receive passes or lucky bounces. Like he just puts himself in a position to succeed every single time. And I don't think he's going to be a 30, 40 goal scorer. That's not what he's going to be, but he can be, I think he's going to be an incredible role player. Like you talk about guys that I think Jonathan Bergeron's place on this team in the future is going to be one of those where uh, he's going to be a very underrated player across the league. When you look at championship caliber teams, there's always the guys who get all the love and all the credit, the superstars. But then there's those guys who you look at the points point sheet, you look at the box score at the end of the season, and you'll be surprised by how big of an impact this player had because he's not quite good enough to get all of the credit 
but he's still a very important role player who without him, the whole thing could fall apart. Right. Like he, I just feel like he's going to be that guy <laughs> and he still has incredible room to grow. Like maybe he will become the 30, 40 goal scorer. I don't foresee that, but I think he is oh, middle six he, though. Yeah. He's going to be a very crucial middle six player on this Red Wings team in the future. And I, I'm super pumped to see his development continue. Like he doesn't seem to, and obviously he's a rookie and this tends to happen with rookies. They get off the really hot starts, but you know, he hasn't seemed to lose a step. He hasn't seemed to have lost a step since coming to the NHL. He seems to have gained a step. If anything, like his confidence continues to, you know, go on the rise. And and we we've talked about so much with like this age of, of player that, like how important that confidence is. And we talked about it last year with Valeno. We talked about it last year with Bergeron, honestly. And like how, you know, there's just a, a certain level of, of on ice confidence that you need to be successful at the NHL level. And we saw like Valeno maybe didn't have it at the beginning and then started getting a little bit more as the season went on. And um, for him to, to, I mean, really since game one this year, when he got called up, he he's impressed and he just continues to. And, um, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think he's going to be a really, really solid and valuable middle six forward on this team for a long time. Uh, for sure. Um, Elmer Soderblom, uh, talk about a, another rookie who's maybe a little less well-rounded um, yeah. than Jonathan Berger, and he scored a goal in this game. Uh, he was just in the put himself in the right spot to receive a pass and just unleashed a really nice shot uh, from the high slot for a goal. And, you know, he continues to keep – he's one of those players who – I keep watching and I go, he looks like he could use a little bit more work in the AHL if I'm being honest, but then he'll score a goal. And it's like, oh, well, I mean, he's producing. His assists were from Joe Valeno and Jake Wallman, who we have to talk about Wallman and Cider because they were fan-freaking-tastic in this game against the Senators. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the, it, it goes back to that conversation. It's going to be really hard here soon with these rookies playing so damn well. Uh, and, and that's the thing is like the team's not necessarily winning a ton of games, but in even the games they're losing, it's the young guys who are playing the best. And so it's like the guys that you could send down to make the roster better are the ones who are playing the best hockey. Right. Like, what are you supposed to do about that? Yeah, no, for, for sure. I mean that, yeah, that's you're, you know, rocking a hard place. That's, uh, that's the situation that we're in. And, and, you know, again, we talked about a lot at the beginning of the season, how, cool it was that this team finally had depth and uh this is the the i don't want to say downside because it's a good problem to have but like this is the flip side of the coin to having depth is you know people that are probably nhl ready and that you want to see up at the highest level uh there's not really room for for all of them when you have a really deep team so yeah and you know it's gonna be a problem but it's a good problem to have uh for sure We'll just have to see how it shakes out because I honestly, you know, I know what logically makes sense, but also that doesn't fit what I want to have happen. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah, what I want to have happen logic. is I don't ever at yeah. all. Uh, it's not my forte. I date a smart woman and she's the one who does all the logic. I just <laughs> am completely irrational all the time. Um, so when it comes to the game, though, um, the Red Wings, of course, they did their typical – Let's play one crappy period and then play yeah. a good 20 minutes. Or good another good uh, and they did that. And they picked the first period, this game, to be crappy. Uh, got out yep. to a 2-0 deficit again, that second goal. You, you Again, you don't want your defenders to be turnstiles. That was a great move by Giroux. It was a bad look for the Red Wings. But, you know, it wouldn't have happened if Helberg hadn't decided to block a wide shot. 
right. uh, <laughs> to, to begin with. So I don't really know what to say in regards to the crappy first period other than they just did it again and they can't Same seem to story, play. different day. That's, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, that's there. We, we, the, the full 60 minutes of good hockey has been very, very few and far between. And, and you know yeah. what? I, and I, you know, I think it's fair to recognize too, that there are very few teams in the NHL who can play a complete For 60 sure, yeah, minutes. No. But, and the teams know, that do are, go up when, when the team gets better. So, yeah, but it's also fair to recognize that the teams that do play a full 60 minutes are your best teams in the league. And, For sure. For us to ask the Red Wings, and they should always play a complete 60 minutes. That should always be the expectation. But also realize that only the best teams can are capable of actually truly doing that. The Red Wings aren't one of the best teams. So you got to recognize like expectation versus reality as well. And they responded really well in the second and especially in the third period as the Senators had an epic collapse in the third. Like, was it three goals in like a minute and a half? Uh, I think we'll, it was like a minute and 50 seconds. Yeah. Yeah. We'll break down those goals and uh, the new defensive pairings. We have got to get to the new defensive pairings because that was a huge part of the, the game. Uh, when we come back, uh, segment three of lockdown Red Wings. All right. Segment three lockdown Red Wings podcast. Uh, the goal scores in this game, Scotty were Pew Suter, uh, assisted by Lucas Raymond, Lucas Raymond, assisted by Olimata, Jonathan Berger, great deflection by Lucas yeah. Raymond, uh, Elmer Soderblom, from Joe Valeno, Jake Woolman, and Michael Rasmussen, assisted by goaltender Cam Talbot. Which one of those stood out to you the most? <laughs> um, I well, I don't know. I, I I think that Raymond just looked really good, and I I think that that is something that we have not said a whole lot. And that's not to say that he's looked bad on a game to game basis at all, because that's that's not the that's far from the truth, but. I do think that he he hasn't really had too many games this year where you've been like, oh wow, like like Razor's kind of taken over. Like look at Raymond, like he, you know, when we talk about standouts on a game to game basis, he has not been in the mix very often this year, as as a part of that conversation. And I thought that he he deserves it in this game. I thought that he looked really good. Um, he he he's talented, man. He he's really talented, and and maybe uh. It, you know, growth isn't always linear and, and maybe it's, it's it's kind of a plateau year for lack of a better term, but he's going to be really good. And, uh, and games like this kind of remind you of like, Oh yeah, he can do like pretty much anything he wants offensively. He's just got to figure out how to do it more consistently. Yeah. And that's the big thing uh, about that is consistency because he is heating up a little bit here. He's got six points in his last six games. Uh, It's hard to recognize that when most of his points come via assists, but that's not a bad thing to have happen at all. I mean, you know, he had what 57 points last year. I think he's one of the only Red Wings to have played in all every single game in 2022. Him and Morris to play in every single game in the calendar year of 2022. Him and Sider were the only players to play in the entire season last year so you know they're there every night despite their young age putting it all out there and like you said growth isn't always linear and he's right now he's on a six for six streak um six points in six games but even that's not like super consistent you know he had an assist against ottawa last time they played he had a goal against washington then he had no points then he had two assists against the pittsburgh penguins then he had no points against buffalo then a goal and assist against ottawa so even when he is on a little bit of a heater even then it's kind of sparsed out you know but Lucas Raymond he's definitely not 
performing as well as he did in his rookie season. But like you said, growth isn't linear. Sophomore slumps happen, and he's still a very good player, and he's still trying to find his way. So while we don't talk a lot about Lucas Raymond this year, don't don't let that think that he's not doing anything. He's still playing. He's still fifth on the team in points. He's still got 22 and 35. That's good for fifth. For he's sure. behind Hronik, Perron, Kubelik, and Larkin. So, you know, it's 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 fine. I'm not worried about Agreed. Yeah, no, far from worried. But yeah, um, I mean, back to this game specifically, he looked great. Uh, he was, um, I, I mean, for a while there, for I think the majority of the second period, the offense kind of ran through him. Like he was kind of, oh, yeah. but he has uh, that capability. Not playing like quarterback on the blue line or anything, but he was kind of facilitating up front and, and it, it paid off. Yeah, great game. Yeah, whenever he decides he's going to control the play, like yeah. things happen. Yep. So he's someone to keep looking forward to. Um, I think that the, Lucas or not Lucas Raymond, the Moritz Sider and Jacob Wolman pair are something. Yeah, to keep I got to talk about that. To. That's probably the biggest story of the game. Eh? It is the biggest story. We buried the lead and waited until the 25 minute mark to talk about it. But that is <laughs> Phil Collins is in the huge. air tonight. The beat drops like three quarters of the way through the song. Jake Wolman. Okay. I, I can't believe you just did that. Um, <laughs> So no, but that, I mean that's definitely the biggest story of the game. At least going into the game was the biggest story. Um, I think the the biggest thing after the game is realizing how well it worked. Like like it's one thing to be like, hey, they're finally shaking up the pairings. They're finally changing things up. You know, like this this cider and Sherat line that has has not wavered at all and has not been good. They're finally switching up from. And then for it to work literally immediately is definitely like a like a sign. I feel like. Well, and it's it's a it's a huge reward for Jake Wallman, who has been on fire recently. I mean, he obviously started the year hurt, and then he started the year when he got healthy on the third pair, and he slowly worked his way up the lineup. And part of that is like Olimata got sick, and so okay, we'll give him a shot. And well, then he played really well, Phil uh, Philip Ronick. It's like. Okay, he's continuing to play well against tougher competition on a better pair with more minutes. So now that we know this this pair is not working out, let's try him with more insider. And they were the two best players at expected goals for percentage last night. In fact, they were the only two players on the Detroit Red Wings who had a positive, um, there are, sorry, a above 50% expected goals for percentage. Jake Wolman had a 51.59 and Moritz Setter had a 55.44. I just want to point this out. It has been a long time since Moritz Sider has topped the charts and expected goals for percentage at his best with Ben Sherratt. He's always been near the middle. Now the best defenders ever don't need, you know, a great defensive partner to be near the top of the charts, sure. but it sure helps a lot because Moritz Sider, when just, you have less than two seasons of NHL exactly. experience. <laughs> when we talk about Lucas Raymond, it still applies to Moritz Sider. He's in his sophomore right. year and growth isn't linear and putting him with a pair that allows him to, you know, be Moritz Sider is, is huge. And I thought Moritz Sider let Jake Wolman be Jake Wolman as well. I, there was a shorthanded play. There's a yeah. shorthanded oh, shift yeah. there where Jake Wolman ended up, with a redirection shot like his shot that was the game winner in Pittsburgh, uh, well, the Red Wings were shorthanded. So as a defenseman, he ended up being the last, the first guy in behind the defender on an offensive opportunity. Like his ability, like I tweeted it out last night, but is Jake Wallman legitimate? I know we have a, such a short sample size and he's on a bit of a heater, but his offensive upside, his speed, his vision, his ability to break the puck in as a defenseman, you know, I don't. I think there's still some things that left to be seen as him as a defender. No, but for his sure. Offensive upside. For, 
Yeah, there's plenty of room for growth still, but that doesn't mean that he hasn't had an exceptional year. And uh, well, I mean, he's like, more than the made biggest thing forward. again, like the biggest thing to take away is just that this line worked or this pairing worked. Like the, this pair it advanced analytically, it worked. I test it worked. Like this was a this was a a success in game one of this experience well and he's not like john klingberg either we're like no, for sure phenomenal offensive upside but right. it comes at the cost of just like terrible defensive metrics right. you know he's still his offensive metrics are enough to outweigh his defensive metrics so and again when, when you're when you're paired with moritz cider then too like I'm, I'm i'm sure that helps it sure it does help a lot because they're also not the same player. You know, it's crazy that I thought that Ben Chirot and Mort Sider having a similar ish. Obviously, Mort Sider having a much bigger offensive upside than Ben Chirot, but then both being def- like physical defensemen. I thought that pair would highlight each other, but it's the opposite. It's more like Mort Sider needs to play with someone akin to like how Olimata and Philip Peronic complement each other in their styles of play. Like having Mort Sider, who does have a pretty big offensive upside, but having someone like Jake Wallman who can go up the ice that, and again, it's been one game. I'm not trying to overreact, but that was great. That was a fantastic pairing. And I think was it Oli Mata and Ben Chirot was the other pairing, you know, or was it Phil Peronik and Ben Chirot? I think it was Phil Peronik and Ben Chirot. Correct. Yeah. It was Peronik and Chirot. Well, there, there was a little bit of blender action happening too in the third, but yeah. I mean, it, it was, it was really it was a good pairing. I enjoyed it heavily, and I want to see it going forward. Yeah, I want to see it again. <laughs> yeah. Um, the only thing outside, because the Red Wings played a really good second and third period, obviously really good period, like minute and a half. Cam Talbot with that turnover was hilarious, um, leading to Michael Rasmussen's goal. Man, yeah. Michael Rasmussen. Can we, I just want to keep talking about him. I, I was glad I held out. I'm glad I'm a believer in Michael Rasmussen because he proves that he's looking, he's looking more and more like an actual legitimate top line center winger, whatever they want to do with Dylan Larkin that day. And I'm not trying to say like on a really good Stanley Cup contender he would be because I don't think he would be, but his he's been playing really, really well in that role. They're the only offensive yeah, line that had a positive Corsi percentage in this game. Yeah, I mean he, he he's definitely played his way into the conversation of being a a, a legitimate middle six forward on a on a good team, man. Like he I, I think the biggest thing for him was a just to like how he was used like before yeah. i guess before last year well like this before like the second half of last year um just like i i think that coaching had a hard time figuring out how to use him he had a hard time figuring out how to like how his style of play that really translates to the nhl and then he just like figured it out man and, and he's been really taking big strides forward and this year has been a really successful year i think for him um, and, and yeah, I mean, anytime you can utilize that size, you know, well is, is, is a huge plus. And that's the intangible stuff we talk about with Soderblom too. Yeah. So. And we, we talked about his skating and everything, but yeah, he's definitely using his size in the corners a lot more. He's winning corner yeah, battles. And I think I that mean, down low too. Well, I think that's why that line is finding so much success because you have skill guys like Perron. I mean, Perron's not afraid to use his size a little bit, but he's a, he's a goal scorer first and foremost. And, you know, you got skill guys like Dylan Larkin, but then add a guy like Michael Rasmussen, who's not without skill. He does have some skill as well. No, for sure. But a guy who's six foot six and not afraid to throw some bodies. There was a play early on where 
the Ottawa Senators defenseman got the puck in the corner. Michael Rasmussen chased him down, hit him along the boards, got the puck from him and fed Moritz Sider for a shot in the slot and he missed the net. But that's like, that is prime example number one as to how he's been such a useful proponent on that top line has been the guy who can use his size and skill down low to free the puck up for the guys who are the more patent goal scorers. That's how he got that goal when Cam Talbot forced it, forced the turnovers. He went yep. behind the net and Cam Talbot coughed up the puck and he just wrapped it into the net. Like yeah. that is how he has been finding success with those guys. Yeah. Him and um, aggressive forecheck has definitely been his friend. And I think that's another thing that maybe he wasn't really doing earlier on in his career that he started to, to kind of do now because I mean like him and, and Elmer too we talk about all the time Elmer's best defensive moments are when he's just like uber aggressive on the forecheck because Absolutely. again he, he's huge like that's terrifying to just like have coming <laughs> like right at you you know what I mean so uh and you know long wingspan and all that yeah for sure utilizing size is definitely something that that both of them but I know we're talking about Ras right now well are definitely taking big strides. In. Yeah. Third best Corsi four percentage in the game behind Moritz Sider and Dylan Larkin for Michael Rasmussen at 61%, a relative compared to his teammates of 18.83%. So when he was on the ice, the team had 18% more shot attempts for than against that verse when he was off the ice. So, I mean, that just shows that how big of an impact he's having in a top line role playing against the t- other team's best players. That's, that's great. He, his development this season and from starting from last season has been great to see. Um, is there anything else? Obviously, we have to announce our winner of the stick giveaway, but anything else game related that we have to we want to give a shout out to or mention? I don't think so, man. I don't think so. Good, 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 solid win. Always good to beat the Sens because we're compared Pew, to them all the time. Pew Suter's first goal in like 18 games. Good for him. Good for him. Good for him. It was a nice shot. Uh, you want to do our uh, giveaway? Uh, sure. Winner? Jump you grab the stick? No. Okay. I need two hands to do the drum roll. Let me get this between my legs. There we go. <laughs> All right. Uh, the winner of the Dominic Kubalik stick is Brendan Octopus Emoji Sanders <laughs> on Twitter. Brendan Octopus Emoji Sanders. Um, yeah. So shoot us a DM. The show's account probably, but I guess if you – Shot any of us, any and Brian, me, or the show, whatever. My DMs are open. Scotty's DMs are open. You can absolutely yeah, the show's just DMs are up. open. So uh, easy, easy to contact us. But yeah, you are the winner. So thank you to everyone for retweeting it and participating in everything. It's always super cool that when we uh, when we get to do giveaway stuff because we enjoy giving giving stuff back. So uh, v- very cool. And yeah, Brennan Octopus Emoji Sanders, congratulations on your Dominic Kubelik stick. I love how you always say Octopus Emoji. Well, it's, I mean, I don't know. Maybe that's legally in his name. Maybe, maybe. Doubt it though, but maybe. You know, I probably doubt it too, but. All right. Um, Scotty, Happy New Year. Happy New Year, buddy. Listeners, Happy New Year. Thanks for all your support in 2022. uh, We had a fantastic year. Um, numbers wise, and then obviously hockey wise as well. Red Wings, you know, taking Finally strides for steps in the right direction after a lot of, of bad, year. a lot of, a lot of bad. So it's great to see, and hopefully, twenty twenty three is an even better year for all of us. Absolutely, so let's keep it going. Uh, we'll be back with a new episode tomorrow, same time, same place. It's your team every, every day. day.